My name is Parker Bennett, and I've spent the last 20 years helping people through the process of their largest single investment they may ever make, their home. From building inspector to real estate agent, I've chalked up a number of great experiences and strategies for everything related to the home buying experience. This podcast is dedicated to anything and everything around the Kamloops real estate market. Welcome to the Kamloops Real Estate Insider Podcast. Welcome everybody to the Kamloops Real Estate Insider Podcast. It is uh, mid-August, August 16th, and we are in a smoky, blazing glory here today in Kamloops. Uh, we've been pretty lucky the you know the last few weeks, even though we've been under threat of fire, the Rossmore fire here in Kamloops is, is puncturing our lungs with uh, smoke. Last two weeks has been not too bad. The wind has been low, and so the smoke and that fire has been pretty much contained. But uh, it got it got windy last night. Picked up that fire uh, this morning. It was terrible, terrible smoky conditions out here. So uh, bad, bad conditions, uh, kind of everywhere, kind of in the interior, from what I've heard. But um, it is week one of the irrigation restriction here in Kamloops. And uh, what that means is uh, no underground sprinklers, uh, use of underground sprinklers. You know, typically in Kamloops in the summer months, we get into an odd and even day in our irrigation season where if your house number, for instance, is 1948, that means eight would be an even number. So you're going to be irrigating on even days. And if you're ending on an odd number, then you're, you're irrigating on odd number days. So benefit to the odd number houses is there's more odd numbers than even days in the uh, schematics of the months of the year. But um, right now, for the first time, at least since I can remember here in Kamloops, at least the last 10 or 15 years, we're on an irrigation restriction. So no underground sprinkler use allowed. Not even that. You you just can't irrigate your lawn with anything that's like, like you can't just turn on the sprinkler and let it run like for hours and hours and hours. You can water your lawn with a spring-loaded, you know, trigger gun, but you cannot water your lawn in any means by meaning like turning on a, you know, a back-and-forth sprinkler head or underground sprinklers or whatever. It's a Category 5 restriction. So a a water restriction in Category 5 basically means that they're going to start enforcing it. So I believe enforcement started on Monday, and uh, I think the first fine for being caught... Uh, irrigating your lawn is a hundred bucks. And I think it goes up from there. I'm not exactly sure how all of the enforcement is taking place. I do believe that there's bylaw officers that are roaming through the streets of Kamloops in the wee hours looking for irrigation and wet lawns. But it's interesting because I wonder if you have a green, green lawn come three to four weeks, because I don't foresee this category five going away anytime this summer. Um, It'll be interesting to see if you have a green lawn. Do you, do you have to prove that you're watering your lawn manually? I, I don't know. But um, that's sort of the topic for the discussion today. We're, today we're talking about underground sprinklers. And um, so it's, it's complimentary that there is a watering restriction for the first time in whatever I can remember. But Kamloops um, is known for, like our properties typically come with Underground sprinklers is a really common item. I, I think at one time I, I read some research that 62% of houses in Kamloops have some form of underground sprinklers, whether it be in their front yard or backyard or both. 
uh, or maybe even just in planters or special landscaping devices. And the reason that I wanted to talk about that today, because when you're buying a home that has some form of underground sprinklers, what is the risk? Is there a risk? Because very rarely can you evaluate the functionality of an underground sprinkler system. And when I say what what is the risk, I mean, if, if you're buying a home and you're typically getting your due diligence done via home inspection, that's, that's the time when a professional is coming to your home to evaluate the mechanical and structural components of your home. There's not going to be in that guy that's coming to your home is not going to be checking the underground sprinklers. It's sort of outside of the work scope of a basic home inspector. In my experience, I've never had somebody ask me, hey, how do we get the irrigation inspected? Although there are companies that will do this. Um, I would almost be willing to guess it's it's less than one in a hundred that would ever even inquire or want to see how the irrigation system worked. The reason that this has been brought to my attention is because I recently sold a home um, during the process of of doing due diligence and everything. It was earlier in the season. Grass was still lush and green and and um, we didn't have any heat waves yet in Kamloops, but after completion and possession, it happened several months later. Uh, buyers move in and they realize that when they turn the irrigation system on, there's nothing happening and there's just a big puddle of water in the middle of their yard. So cracked lines, broken lines. Um, anyways, I wanted to break down what the risk was when you're purchasing a home with underground sprinklers. So let's start with the basic analogy of what is defined as an underground sprinkler. So um, basically what you have typically, the components of an underground sprinkler irrigation system, would mean somewhere off your main water line, you're going to have a T and another shutoff valve in your house. And that is going to go outside via under the grade level of your home, typically not that far down, maybe... 12, 12 inches, maybe a little bit more in certain circumstances. And that line is going to run under the grass, under the landscaping material, uh, under sidewalks, sometimes in driveways, scenarios where there's lines that go under driveways. And they have little pop-up heads and they run off timers and they'll irrigate sections of your landscaping or in most cases, it's just grass, right? Irrigating your grass. So I prepared a number of um, items of risk when you're purchasing a home. And I want to take you through, uh, first of all, we'll, we'll take you through the steps of due diligence when you're purchasing a home around the mechanical areas of that irrigation system, what does get checked, what doesn't get checked, and then what's the risk to you as a buyer uh, attacking a property from the perspective perspective of a potential buyer, and what's the worst case scenario, what is the most likely scenario, and and what maybe we could do moving forward to prevent any risk associated with buying a home with underground sprinklers. So when you're purchasing a home, a home inspector will typically identify maybe the water shutoff location for underground sprinklers. In some cases, that system will be very, the the shutoff will be very closely located to your main water shutoff because the the volume of water that's going to go into your yard for landscaping irrigation is going to need the least amount of restriction because it's got the most volume of water that it needs to disperse throughout the property. So 
Um, I would say that your water comes into your house and then right away it's bef- it's going to have a shutoff, which is going to be a main shutoff where it can terminate all the water usage in the house. And it very closely after that is going to be a, a T section of your line where it's going to Y out to a second location, a second main line that's going to go out with another shutoff. And that is typically your irrigation control center. From that section right there, the very first thing that you should see in that irrigation setup is a two-way check valve. And that two-way check valve is very specialized for irrigation because the minute that water leaves your main shutoff, that water has been treated by the city of Kamloops water treatment facility, and that water is potable. Now, the minute it leaves that two-way check valve and heads into your underground area of your yard, uh, there's no prevention against any bacteria and it is, becomes non-potable water. Because during the night when your water system is not in use, there's no prevention, there's leaks, there's the potential for you know, dirt, soil contact to come in contact with standing water. And then if that water, for any reason, were to be able to go back into your main system or contaminate the main water in your house, every morning when you wake up, you have the potential... A hazard of having contaminated water. So to prevent any potential contamination in your water system, you need a two-way check valve, which is a check valve that allows when the pressure is off on your main side, if you can imagine if your water shutoff were to be shut off for any reason at all, that the pressure that's standing in your irrigation system would not be able to backflow into your residential home contaminating water. Now, That's the first thing and probably one of the only things that you will see as a home inspector evaluating a home with underground sprinklers. There's an asterisk there because leaving the home, a lot of of cases that the irrigation line when it disperses out of the house is above grade, especially in modern homes. And then that water line will go down and it will go into the subsurface areas of your lawn. And in a lot of cases, there'll be another shutoff valve located right there, or maybe even potentially that two-way check valve is located there and that is totally acceptable. And the reason that you would want that on the exterior of your home is so that in the winter months or fall, colder months are coming and you have uh, you know irrigation guys that are blowing out sprinkler systems, they have the ability to do all that stuff like blow out the system and turn it off, terminate it from the exterior of your home so you're not actually going inside your house. Outside of that, A home inspector is not pulling up the little green boxes and evaluating the subsurface control valves, the low voltage control system, which is how it terminates and turns on the system. Um, They're not looking at heads. They're not looking at uh, coverage areas. And all of that realistically is probably a little bit lower down on the scale of risk. Because if you're buying a home, and let's say you're buying a home today in August, if there's areas on the grass where it's yellow, it's just not growing grass, it's probably not irrigated quite well. And if the, you know, if the potential for irrigation is substantial in your mindset as a buyer, then this, first of all, this is definitely a good podcast for you to listen to. But secondly, then maybe you want to bring in an irrigation guy during your home inspection to evaluate that system uh, to make sure, first of all, that there's no leaks in the system. And for two, that it's, it's been built correctly. Uh, via, you know, that two-way check valve is in place and there's no other areas where water can be contaminated to the, to the potable water system. And, um, you know, and, you know, 
coverages and making sure that water's not hitting the house and hitting windows and other areas where it could, could, could damage your property. Now I want to outline some of the scenarios where I've seen damage um, or risk to homeowners in an irrigation system. And I would say I'm going to start with um, unprofessional installation. So unprofessional installation would be uh, irrigation hitting the home would be my first fear. Uh, Secondly, it would be uh, poorly connected lines. And I'll give you an example of poorly connected lines. I bought a home one time, and when I bought it, uh, irrigation system worked as far as visually you could tell from the exterior of the home. Now, prior, this was when I was like 20 years old, so I didn't know any better about anything. Uh, but later, I found that the irrigation system had some issues, and after I dug the system up, I realized that there wasn't even caps on some one of the water lines were just duct taped closed. So, um, you know, that, that would be a risk. I mean, it wasn't really, there was no real damage to that. It was just, it took some time to fix. But I would say unprofessional installation would be cracked lines and that water being distributed below surface, soil surface level where you can't physically see it. And maybe it gets into contact with foundation or, or windows or siding and does damage to the actual uh, structure of your home, especially the wood substructure. That would be, that would be a big fear, especially sidewalks if water was being dispersed subsoil level around sidewalks or driveways they're big expense items and maybe you have a crack in the driveway and you just assume well it's a crack but it gets bigger and bigger every summer season because the water underneath there is being washing away the the soil substrate below the driveway and it's deteriorating soil so your driveway is going to be settling and settling and settling and then when the winter months come you got all that water that's sitting underneath your driveway that has no way to evaporate and it heaves and it, it moves up when it gets cold and, and does more damage to your driveway. So that would be, that would be an issue. Also that two way check valve that we talked about, you know, that's a big concern because a lot of unprofessional installed irrigation system is simply just a hose bib. So you have a hose bib outside and uh, there's just a pipe and it just connects to that hose and you just turn it on manually like a regular hose. And so if for some reason the water pressure inside your home was to terminate and go to zero, whether you shut the sh- shutoff valve off or if there was a water main shutoff inside the, uh, outside of the house in the city area and the subdivision that you're in, um, you have a potential to contaminate the water, potable water in your home by the pressure in your irrigation system backing into your home which is a, would be more concerning because you can get sick by that. So that, that could be a concern as well. Uh, the next issue would be, um, you know, just general cracks that need to be fixed. Um, irrigation, you know, if you go to Home Depot, you know, like let's say June, May and June, it, a lot of the pieces are not available because everybody's buying, you know, pipes and connectors and fittings and that stuff can all add up to, you know, hundreds and hundreds and maybe even thousands of dollars if you, if you had to get somebody in to, you know, dig up landscaping material, dig up your lawn, trench it out, go locate pipes and, you know, fix cracks and and maybe the pipes are not deep enough. You know, all unprofessional stuff is, you know, there can be like a redo kind of scenario where it's like, yeah, you have underground sprinklers, but none of this done right. And it's going to continue to crack and break and have issues moving forward. And so it would be best to just kind of restart the, the, the system. Another area that I would highlight 
is that there are there are some subdivisions in Kamloops where building your own irrigation system underground is actually uh, there's covenants against it. The city won't allow you to actually build your own sprinkler system. So when you build a new house, it, you actually are required in the covenants of that building scheme to ensure that the irrigation is not only is it done so that it's it's been completed, but it's been completed by a professional company that has the uh, capabilities of doing it to code. Um, and that code is not a, that's not a building code. That's just an irrigation code that Kamloops has kind of built their own covenants around. So, and and that, that makeup is basically like a certain percentage of water, a certain cubic foot of feet of water being distributed at a certain time period. And then the pipes have to be a, a certain grade level and then any repairs need to be made by professionals as well. And the reason for that in those particular subdivisions is because the soil material underneath the house or your neighbor's house or in that subdivision has, has properties that could be upset by water. So for instance, in Bachelor Heights, there's a lot of silt in that area and a lot of the subdivisions that are up there uh, have been compacted professionally by machinery to make sure that the compaction ratios are right for building on and supporting the load of homes. And uh, it can be upset very easily by water distribution that's over and above what the city requires. So they don't want handyman building an irrigation system that's going to crack and break and flood out potentially other properties that could later do damage to streets and roads and worse yet, other people's homes and even your own. So that, that sounds scary. Um, one of the other risks is when you're purchasing a home in the winter months, you don't have the ability to inspect it because in theory, either A, it's been winterized or hopefully it's been winterized or it's at least been disclosed that they winterized it prior to the winter months. Now, when you buy a foreclosure, when you buy a rental property, a lot of properties that are, you know, homeowner is not showing pride of ownership in that home. You are taking a risk in the winter months that it hasn't been properly uh, blown out. So when the colder months come, you need to remove all the water in those underground lines because they're only 12 inches below grade and they're not below the frost line of the soil. So you need to ensure that 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 area is free of water. So it's not freezing and cracking and breaking lines. So in the spring, when you turn the system on that you don't have water running around around your foundation. Um, and, and in the winter months, even in the fall months, you know, you, you might not have the ability to inspect for that stuff, especially when there's three feet of snow on the ground. You don't even know what's going on below there. You're just taking the word of the seller. So there's, there's not a lot you can do in that scenario, but as a seller, Selling your home, I would recommend that, especially if you're deciding to sell your home in September, October, November, whatever, or even if you're planning to do it in the middle of the winter, that you have a professional company come and blow your irrigation system out and you hold that receipt, um, the documentation that shows that, hey, we at least attempted to do what we were supposed to do, even though the spring can always show up uh, with cracked lines and irrigation heads that are broken just because these pieces are outside and they're, they're at risk of the, of the weather and the snow and the, the melt and the freeze and the heave and all the kind of conditions that the brutal conditions that go go on on your lawn. Um, if you are choosing a company to blow out your irrigation system, 
I typically say you should be choosing a company that stands by their work. Meaning, if you use company ABC Irrigation, their guarantee should be that in the spring, um, you pay them to come back and turn your irrigation system on and evaluate for damage. And if there's if there's broken stuff because of what happened in the winter, maybe it didn't get uh, blown out properly, that uh, they'll take care of the damage. Um, so they're ensuring that they've blown out the system appropriately in the fall so that in the spring there won't be an issue. And if there is a minor issue, they take care of it. And the reason I say this is a lot of like, less than ideal people, uh, companies that will go out and rent a, um, a large compressor from Warner rentals. And I'm not picking on Warner. I'm just saying like Warner rentals in town has large compressors that you can rent on trailers that have the capacity to blow out irrigation systems. And they'll just drive up and down streets, uh, kind of in the irrigation blowout month, let's say September or October. And they'll go around and maybe, you know, 100, 200 bucks, they'll blow out your irrigation system for you. And it sounds very convenient. You know, they're just knocking on your door and yeah, you need to get that done before the the cold front moves in. And they just happen to be standing there with all the right equipment and the gear and they blow out your irrigation system. The problem is, is that those guys might not be around in the spring when there's an issue. And I have firsthand knowledge of this because the little story that I told you previous about the duct tape scenario Um, I had the sprinkler systems blown out the year that that happened. And then it was the following spring that we found that there was no flow in the irrigation system, which I later dug up and realized that somebody had used tape to cap two ends of an irrigation system that was running at 85 pounds, which made absolutely no sense. Um, But then the following year, so I didn't design that irrigation system. It was amateurishly installed. And... uh, in the process of digging up that system and evaluating it and fixing it, I realized that there were areas where water probably wasn't going to get blown out properly. And so I just decided that from here on out, I would do my own blowouts in the fall for blowing out the irrigation system because I knew that there was a secondary area that you would want to tap into. I just happened to be away and one of these irrigation guys, you know, swung by our house in the fall and my wife was home and they said, hey, we'll blow your irrigation system. My wife thought she was just doing me a big favor by allowing these guys to do it. And uh, it got blown out. It did get blown out properly. And I had cracked lines again in, in the winter. So got an intimate knowledge on repairing uh, irrigation system. So I would recommend that you're using a, a proper company to do this and using one of the local landscaping companies or someone that's been around brick and mortar for sure because they're here, they're there, they're, they're, they're going to be there in the next year uh, rather than you know, just a guy who's renting a truck, who's looking for a gig for six to eight weeks to blow out irrigation system. Cause those guys will go away and they may not know exactly what they're doing. Okay. Not that it's a difficult task and, um, not that it's like you need some credentials to do it. It's just that if you're building irrigation systems and you understand irrigation systems and you're, you're, you're actively in that business, you're probably going to understand how to blow the system out and you'd be probably more likely to stand by your work come spring. So what's the risk to a buyer? Um, well, I can tell you that I had some buyers recently that just bought a home and, and they, they had to deal with uh, some broken irrigation system. And it's very difficult to go back on a seller for irrigation stuff. It, 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 it would class in as minor issues. And I hate saying that because it can be thousands of dollars to repair these things. But it's not like a roof leak or a basement flood or a furnace fail, you know, an air conditioning that doesn't work or whatever, but it is 
still something that's it's not a it leaves a very sour taste in a buyer buyer's mouth when they move into a home and they spend a million dollars or a million plus. Uh, it doesn't even matter, even five hundred thousand dollars to to buy a home and you're expecting the featured items to be functional and then they're not. So moving forward in a purchase process, I have my recommendations. So here's how we prevent risk moving forward when you're purchasing a home with some form of underground sprinklers. I would categorize this in in a multitude of steps. Step A, this is the best, very perfect way uh, to prevent issues. Hire an irrigation system company uh, to come in and evaluate your irrigation system. Uh, in your due diligence period. So when you're doing your home inspection, your home inspection is doing structural and mechanical areas, have your irrigation guy come in and evaluate the irrigation system. Now I'm going to asterisk that. How would I identify the person that's going to use an irrigation consultant in that manner to evaluate that? I would put it this way. If when you purchase this home, you find that there are six, eight, $1,200 worth of irrigation damage when you move in, is it worth $250 now to have it inspected? If the answer is absolutely yes, then hire the guy. If it's, I don't want to spend $250 now for a $500 problem later, it's a very good point. Then don't do it. But then you are running that risk of $500 being the $800 or the $900 problem, you know? If the home inspector identifies issues of concern that may be related to an irrigation system, have the irrigation guy come in and evaluate it. And by that, I mean maybe structural components of the home are being damaged by over-irrigation or irrigating up against the home or structural components of the home. That would be an issue. In, I want to say, more than 10 times in my life as a home inspector, I found fairly significant issues that were caused by irrigation system. And those typical issues that were big enough to cause problems were water intrusion in the basement. And there's either, you know, a settlement crack, which is not considered to be uh, life-threatening in any way. Like concrete does crack in Kamloops, especially. And if you're irrigating grass right up to the edge of that foundation and you're over-irrigating, even if you're irrigating, you shouldn't be irrigating next to a crack in the foundation. You shouldn't be irrigating a lawn against the foundation. Uh, but if you are, and it's very common that people do, expect water intrusion. So that would be something that we should be identified by a home inspector in their in their work scope in a home inspection. So I would that you know in a scenario like that, I would say bring in an irrigation guy to evaluate that. Uh, the next layer of protection against you would be a pressure test to evaluate leaks in the system. And only an irrigation guy is going to do this. And I can guarantee you, if you're doing a pressure test on the irrigation system, it's not a perfect test because you can't evaluate after the control valve. You can't really evaluate for leaks in the system like you can evaluate a pool. But uh, a pressure test is a, a really ideal scenario where you're running pressures and you're, you can evaluate the pressure leak down and evaluate leaks that way. Um, the next layer of risk... Uh, prevention that you can do, so this is something to be considered in the winter months, is one of two things. Require that the seller give you some sort of declaration from a professional company indicating that they have done a proper blowout 
buy a company who's going to stand by that blowout in the spring, or you can do what's called a seasonal holdback, which is a holdback that your real estate agent would write into the contract that would literally take funds and hold them in trust until whatever action can be carried out in the spring. So if you're purchasing a home in December and you're taking possession in January and there's no way you can check the irrigation system and the irrigation system has been disclosed as being tip-top by the seller, but they don't have any documentation for that, you know, it might be a good strategy to hold $2,000 or $5,000 back on a holdback, which will go into trust. And then in the, in the spring months, you can have an irrigation company come out and evaluate your system. And if there's any cracks or leaks, uh, you know, all these items would be identified in that holdback uh, documentation, the wording of it. You could then, like everything's checks out, you can release the funds. And if everything doesn't check out, well, then you have some funds that you can negotiate with the previous seller to accommodate for the repairs of the irrigation system. In summary, I would say that most people don't care enough. One in 20 probably have an issue, but that issue is probably corrected for under 500 bucks. And that's not discouraging enough to take the risk, in my experience. Um, However, in saying that, one in 200 transactions might have a more significant issue. Um, And if there is a significant issue, there's probably still a potential for some sort of remuneration later down the road if you're going to small claims court because it was something that should have been disclosed and it wasn't disclosed. Um, But I put irrigation systems in the same category as I put pools. If you're buying a pool in the winter, a lot of times you're not really paying for the pool. Like nobody really is feeling warm and fuzzy about a pool when it's covered in snow and leaves. So you kind of get in a free pool when you buy a house with a pool in the winter. But when you buy the pool in the summer, there's like a lot of emotional gratification that comes from the idea of swimming in a nice, sparkling, clean pool. It's the same with irrigation. So if you're buying a home with underground sprinklers that's well-landscaped and well-irrigated, in August, that aesthetics show in the value of the home, but in December, it doesn't. So you're almost like you're buying it, but you're not paying for it. So that's the trade-off. Uh, of buying a home in the winter months, the trade-off of it's got underground sprinklers, but it turned out there was $1,200 worth of work when I purchased it. The flip side is if that home had sold maybe in the summer months, you know, there might've been value aesthetically from a fully functional system. You know, if it was well landscaped and really green grass and neighbor's grass is dead, it's going to stand out. It's probably going to add some value. It's definitely if it's not measurable value, it's emotional value, which means that it would, you know, that home would probably sell quicker, sooner, would draw more attention. It would have more eyes on it, if nothing else. And so um, irrigation and underground sprinklers and pools, I put them in the same class. You buy them in the winter, you're not really paying for them. You buy them in the summer, you're paying for them, but only if you're inspecting them. And you don't get to inspect them in the winter. The trade-off is you get them for free. In the summer, you should inspect them. Um, But at the same token, in the summer, if they're functional, you're paying for them. Hope that helps uh, define the irrigation experience when you're purchasing a home here in Kamloops, at least for this point in time. 
moving forward, you should not be irrigating at least uh, until city council allows you to irrigate again, which uh, for me, I have sections of my property. I have a big property and I'm just going to be hand watering with a spring loaded watering gun uh, just to make sure that none of the landscaping that I've planted recently dies. But other than that, I'm going yellow just like the rest of them. So uh, hopefully the smoke clears up. I appreciate your ears for uh, this edition of the Camus Real Estate Insider Podcast. Hope I brought you some value today and uh, look forward to uh, chatting again tomorrow. Cheers. Call Parker Bennett now for your complimentary home evaluation.